I'm already parched. <laughs> I wonder if there are areas in your life where you feel sort of inadequate to choose God's agenda, where you think it's too late, where you think you're not good enough or able enough, where you feel you fall short. Maybe you don't have the skills or you think you're too young or too old. Maybe you've had a horrible past where you wondered, I don't think I can choose God's agenda. God can't use me. Such a person who would be named as a throwaway, who people would say it's too late, would be a lady named Rahab. There are a few exceptions, but almost all the time you see her name mentioned in the Bible, her occupation is right beside it. Rahab, the harlot. Rahab, the prostitute. That is how she is known throughout Scripture. Her lifestyle was selling her body. Her lifestyle was one that most people would regard as evil, worthless, good enough for the junkyard. But I don't know of a better person to illustrate it's not too late to choose God's agenda than a lady named Rahab, whose resume simply read harlot. It's not too late to choose God's agenda despite your situation. And choosing God's agenda brings blessing upon you and your family. You see, she lived in Jericho. And Joshua, as we covered last week, was now ready to take Jericho as the city that would come under the rule of Israel. He has his marching orders. He knows Moses is not here. But I'm here, and God has promised Israel this land. I'm the leader, and I'm called to march Israel into the promised land. And Joshua sends out two spies to spy on the land, just like any capable military leader. Go out there, find as much information as you can, come back, check out how the lay of the land is. How can we manage to take this down? What's the strategy? Now, we are told that Rahab's house in Joshua 2.15 was embedded in the city wall. She had a permanent residence by the gate on the wall of the city. And so these two spies went to Rahab's house, and she received them. Now, I want to drill down a little bit on who Rahab is. She is a Gentile. She's not part of the people of Israel. She is from the town that is to receive God's judgment. In fact, her occupation is a very good indicator of the moral state of the city. On top of that, she's a woman. A woman in that day and age didn't have equal rights as a man, was not deemed as worthy. And pile another thing on the top, she's a prostitute. Someone at the bottom of the ranks of society, she had nothing, absolutely nothing going for her. No status, no honorable profession, no power or authority, nothing. And she receives these spies into her home, and we're told 
why she received them in Joshua chapter 2, verses 9 to 11. She says this, which is profound. I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. Why? For we have heard, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sion and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted and there was no spirit left in any man because of you for the Lord your God he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. She's basically saying, we know all about you. You are the folks you don't mess with. We know what God has done. And she says, I believe in him. I know what God's agenda is for you, that he is going to give you this land and what his agenda is with my people. Destruction is imminent, and I have chosen God and his people. She's like, I know how you were slaves in Egypt. How as slaves, God brought you out of Egypt through the plagues. I know how God parted the Red Sea and how Pharaoh and his armies drowned in the Red Sea. I know of how God walked you through the wilderness and gave you manna and quail and how he provided you water in the wilderness where nothing thrives. And you were slaves and you took down the, the king Sion and Og. These are mighty fortresses. And now you are at the Jordan River. We are trembling because we know who your God is. No man-made nation no natural obstacle is stopping this, these people. And they're making a beeline for Jericho. She goes ahead and she receives them and she takes these spies into her house to shelter them. She believed in their God and what he had done. So we have a prostitute who's willing to take a risk for the people of God. She could have said, hey, I believe all of this and done nothing. She could have had every opportunity to not choose God's agenda. She could have said, this is way too risky and not receive them into her home. Somebody discovers that the spies are in Rahab's house and they come sent by the king. By the way, these spies are doing a horrible job. I don't know who these guys were, but I feel like Joshua had slim pickings. Rahab knows that they were spies. The people of Jericho know that they're spies. The king knows that they're spies. Hey. And the men from the king ask, where are the two gentlemen who came into your house? What's her response? I don't know. That's the urban version. I don't know where they are. You see, Rahab saw an opportunity and received the spies from Israel and hides them when the king's men came looking for them. 
And then she says she doesn't know where they are. And she points the pursuer. She says, hey, um, I think they were here, but they went down that way. If you chase them, you might get a hold of them. And then she sends the spies another way through the window in a home that's attached to the, the wall in Jericho. So here we have a woman of ill repute. Somebody who you wouldn't want to live next door to. A person most people wouldn't want to have their kids hanging around or in their neighborhood. This woman, Rahab, makes a strong stand for God based on the word she heard and the opportunity she was given. She was just confronted by the king's men, by people of the highest authority and power in the kingdom, they don't ask her, we think you might know about these spies. They say, bring them out, the ones who entered your home. A confrontation between the king and the prostitute. That's the scene. What could she have done? She could have turned them in. She could have been rewarded and hailed as the one who put her country first, a patriot true at heart. Or she could align herself with God's agenda. And lowly Rahab chose to align with God's agenda and his people. She aligned herself to the greater king, the king of the universe, who ought to be our first and primary allegiance. You know, we always think that Rahab exercised great faith in God by lying to the king's men. But James, in the New Testament, verses 25, 26, states that she exercised faith in God and chose his agenda when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. When she opened that door, she saw these men. She knew who they were, but she received them nonetheless. She made a choice that moment. She knew she welcomed them. She could get in deep trouble. Yet she chose God's agenda despite the risk and who she was. She knew who God is. And she knew what God had done. And it didn't end with just a confession of, of who God is and what she did. She acted on it. She's, I, I, she has nothing, but she acts on what she believes and knows. And then when the spies are on their way out, she says, now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. Take care of my peeps. Deal kindly with my folks. If you read that too fast, you will miss it. She cuts a deal with the spies, and she uses a word kindly, but in the Hebrew, it's hesed, and it stands for loving kindness or covenantal love. She's invoking an oath from these men. She's saying, 
I want you to show loving kindness towards my father, my, my, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, all who belong to them. I know that God's wrath is coming against Jericho, but when it does come, I want to be sure I am shown the same loving kindness that God has shown you, O Israel. The same loving kindness that you have experienced, I want to experience it. I want to be part of that covenantal love that God has for his people. She took the risk to identify with God's people over her own people. She took the risk even as a prostitute to identify with God and what God was doing because she believed it rather than the culture she grew up in. She made a radical decision that went against her lifestyle, her occupation, and even went against her own country. She wanted loving kindness. She aligned herself to the one true God who shows loving kindness. And the spies tell her, Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie the scarlet cord in the window through which you will let us down. And you shall gather into your house your father and mother, your brothers and all your father's household. Then if anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head and we shall be guiltless. But if a hand is laid on anyone who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be guiltless with respect to your oath that you have made us swear. What's, what are they doing here? Do you catch what's happening here? In a similar way that God protected the Israelites during the Passover in Egypt was what the spies had now asked Rahab to do. You will have this scarlet thread hanging out of your domicile, outside of your home. And as long as you're in the home, when we pass through the city, you will be saved. Anyone who steps out of that house, no promises. The spies then go back. They go back to Joshua. The testimony they received from Rahab about, about how, and they give him this testimony about how God has given the land over to them and the inhabitants tremble because of them. He's, they say, and they said to Joshua, truly the Lord has given all the land into our hands and also all the inhabitants of the land melt away because of this. Of all the intelligence gathering, that's what they got. By the way, in chapter one, that's exactly what God told them. The same testimony. God said, I am going to give that land to you. And as the story goes, we know that Jericho is conquered and Rahab and her family is kept saved. In, in Joshua 6, 21, 23, we see this. Then they devoted all in the city to destruction, both men and women, young and old, oxen, sheep, and donkeys until, uh, with the edge of the sword. But to the two men who had spied out the land, Joshua said, go into the prostitute's house and bring out from there the woman and all who belonged to her as you swore to her. So the young men who had 
been spies, went in and brought out Rahab and her father and mother and brothers and all who belonged to her. And they brought all her relatives and put them outside the camp of Israel. And it goes on to say a few words later in Joshua 6.25, But Rahab the prostitute and her father's household and all who belonged to her, Joshua saved alive. And she has lived in Israel to this day because she said the messenger, she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Jericho was under the judgment of God. They did not buckle their knee. They lived in a lifestyle that was immoral. Yet here we have Rahab, the lowest of all society, turning to God and saying, I know who God is. I've seen what he does. This is the God in the heavens and the God who reigns over the earth. And I align myself to them. Rahab had every reason in the book to not choose God's agenda. No authority, no status, no power. Her life was at risk, and she had a horrible past. Yet she chose God's agenda, and God blessed her and her family. Now, Rahab's story, however, doesn't end in the Old Testament. And her blessing for choosing God doesn't just end with her being saved from Jericho's destruction. Rahab is mentioned quite a few times in the New Testament. Her legacy goes on. She's, she not only received salvation, but at the same time her name is mentioned in the royal lineage in the Gospel of Matthew. Now, did she at any point think when she made that choice that a king would be born in her line? That she would be related to King David? That David's great, great, great grandmother would be her? Did she ever think that she would be mentioned in the royal genealogy of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, the Messiah? Brothers and sisters, no matter your situation or your background, it is never too late to choose God's agenda and be blessed. Never too late to choose God's agenda and be blessed. You see, when we, we then see Rahab mentioned in the book of Hebrews in chapter 11, the great hall of faith, that is where all the great names are. You got Abraham, you got Moses, you got Sarah, you got David, you got Samson. And then you have Rahab there. And it doesn't just say Rahab like the other names mentioned. It adds a title. Rahab the prostitute. One would say, give her a break. Why do you have to call her a prostitute every time you breathe her name? Because God wants you and everyone to know it's not too late to choose God's agenda. No matter who you are, where you are in your life, how old you are, what your skills are, it's not too late to choose God's agenda. Because it says in Hebrew 11.31, By faith Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. A lady in the red 
light district can have faith. God wants us to know that a lady who has a question mark can choose God's agenda. I want to let you know that even if you were this wicked, you can still wind up in the big hall of faith. You can still be on tour for generations of men and women and boys and girls to discover that no matter how bad your past, God doesn't mind giving you an opportunity to choose His agenda. He doesn't mind visiting the junkyard. He doesn't mind giving opportunities to those who have been hurting, who have disgust written all over them and can never shake their title. Rahab the prostitute chose God's agenda and he blessed her and her family beyond just saving from the destruction of Jericho. The blessings that she has is beyond just the earthly. Rahab believed who God was and what he had done for the Israelites and chose his agenda and was blessed greatly for it. Whether it's the leader Joshua in chapter 1 or the lowly Rahab in chapter 2, will you have faith and choose God's agenda no matter what your situation Will you believe and act out in faith when you align yourself to God? What is God's agenda for us, O Christian? What is God's agenda for us? Now, I know we don't have imminent destruction on our doorstep, not yet. But I know there are many here who, because of their situation in life, their past their doubts can miss out on immense blessing from God by not choosing His agenda. Every week, preachers stand up here and bring God's Word that in hearing it and choosing God, we would be like Jesus Christ and be blessed. That is God's agenda for us, O Christian. That we would be like Jesus Christ, that in everything we think, we do, we say, we would be like Jesus Christ. God gives us ample opportunity where we get to choose His agenda for us in our life. This week, I want us to think a little bit like Rahab did. There are two things that stand out. She confessed who God was and what He did. And I think it was beautiful today for us in our testimony time to hear about who God is and what He's done for us. This week, find someone someone in your family, a friend in this community to say, I want to talk about who God is and what He has done. Secondly, Rahab is known for showing that loving kindness to despise the people of God. So being Christ-like this week, when you go home or even before you leave here, find someone in this community that you want to show loving kindness to. It could be a, something as simple as, I want to come over, or I want you to come over. Show some loving kindness. Talk about God. Because in doing so, we align ourselves with God's agenda to be 
like Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you, O Lord, for the testimony and the life of Rahab. That despite all the excuses that she could have mounted up, when she was stared down by this opportunity, she chose to align herself to your agenda. She chose to confess who you are and what you've done. And she acted out in her belief. Oh, Father, today as Christians, as we sit under your word, there are ample opportunities for us to align ourselves to your agenda for us to be like Christ. And as we think of Rahab, let us take two things, oh Lord, and help us commit to doing them, which is to confess, to talk about who God truly is and, who, and what he has done, and to show loving kindness to this community that you have brought us together. And Lord, if we cannot speak about you, and we cannot talk about you in this community, how can we think we could talk about you elsewhere? And so, Father, help us to find joy and opportunity, spur our hearts, and help us, Lord, to understand and aligning ourselves to your agenda, great blessing comes forth. Thank you for we prayed all of this in the most precious name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ.